0: something about when Carrie walks into a room, she owns it. I know you hear that all the time, but I could never describe Carrie Chiang. I could talk about her constantly to everyone I meet and describe her in glowing terms, but you have to meet this lady to see who Carrie Chiang really is. She walked into my office today. She lit up the whole office. Everybody working for me was more excited about seeing her than movie stars, they were like, Carrie, the Carrie, the Carrie? And so we were buzzing with your coming, Carrie, I swear to God, for two weeks since we decided to ask you to come. So we're gonna share you with everybody who wants to meet the real Carrie. You open by saying, I'll never retire. I never wanna retire because I go to my office, I'm happy. Let's start there. Why are you so happy being the number one salesperson
1: in all of New York City? I mean, through my career, I think I gained respect to many, many um, people in New York City, the, the ones that really understand real estate and uh, the ones that um, reputation is everything. And I think they realize if they find me and I'm knowledgeable in my 30 some years career in real estate, that if they want to find something special and, and not to have, um, get some really, really good advice, they come to me because I'm like Pam was saying, I'm a psychopedia in the business, especially in townhouses. I sold like over a hundred right now. Every year I sold like, you know, I know every block, what is this house sold for, who owns it, who's who's the new owner and it's a psychopedia. So people come to me from, from all different, very, very high end, um, um um society people which I told Barbara I sign NDA every week then they come and ask me okay I want to find something and this is my requirement they can you know basically uh trust that I would be able to deliver the deal even though there are some really complicated deals but I can deliver and uh, uh that's something that I love it's not so much the volume that I'm doing is how complicated is the a, deals I are. I can interrupt, it certainly the volume you do, my
0: God. Because
1: no one does more volume in multi-million dollar deals than you. It's very interesting. Yesterday, there was uh, that wall winning of Corcoran, and it was on the Zoom for everybody in the office. This is and the award ceremony of Corcoran saying, Group, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, and then all the broker was keep on waiting, waiting to see what the final number of mine is. Because my name never came out until at the end. Which obviously last year I did 430 million in one year. In one year, and then this year, I don't want to say I already did 250 million already. It's not even February, and yet, so you expect to break your own record? For we last don't know year. because you know this is the deals are like that. It can be a lot of deals coming, already signed. It's about to close, or maybe a couple of months you don't have anything. But I believe in because now I can believe that I would get constant phone calls from clients um, from my Rolodex. They would call me, OK, they would say, OK, find me something. And, um, you know, I get phone calls from somebody who has been looking downtown for a major house. And the father is a client of mine. I don't want to say some major developer. The son said, oh, Kerry, I haven't found anything. And I expect you now to come and find me something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like this kind of challenge. And I think um, because, um, you know, I um, can make a phone call to somebody said, oh, by the way, do you have anything coming out? And when I call brokers, let's say, um, brokers, they always answer my phone, because they know when I make a phone call, it's serious. Mm -hmm. Carrie,
0: um, I know the years that I worked with you, you had so many people looking for homes and complicated situations that you seem to thrive on. But I always thought your real gift was on the other side, how to take a listing that can't be sold, something wacky about it, the market's wrong, the positioning's wrong, the whole property is wrong. And you were always able to go in price high, which I used to think you were like a drunken sailor, the way you used to price things, and then somehow you pulled it out, found an equally wacky client, and made a deal. I always feel like those kind of complicated deals, the stranger, the better, and the more it brought you out. What
1: about the what about that side, the listing side? Getting the listing side is a challenge, but I like to have some really complicated deals. I don't know whether... You know, I can talk about the deals, but for example, the French Say School was a seven seven different buildings in seven different areas. And I in a year and a half, because they have construction loans already set up but cannot be activated until the seven buildings sold. In a year and a half I delivered to them and they gave me, by the way, a special bonus because I did such a good deal at the time. And now, you know, this Two years ago, I did the National Academy, and they were going to hire someone, and uh, and they got Cushman Wayfield before me, which is the same like Cushman Wayfield before they, say they The commercial people did not find out the actual problem of these buildings. And what was the actual so, problem? No, then? National Academy is an interesting situation. It's three buildings right on 89th Street, Fifth Avenue, 27 footer, uh, 40 footer on 89th Street, and a 65-footer. And uh, Cushman Wayfield did not realize, they just marked it for 120 million. When I took it on, I said, this is too much, and we have to bring it down. But they did not know those three buildings, they have different tax law, but they're married. They have one zoning. So I immediately hired the best law firm, Kremlin Levin, to do a Zelda agreement, which is a whole book about how to divorce these three buildings, to separate them, to sell them. Cushman Whitefield just say okay, you can convert to condo. And the numbers doesn't work for condos because the price is so high. So everybody, you know, they cannot deliver. And I got so much trustee, the 10 trustee or eight trustee, they trust me. I, and I deliver three different buyers, a single family buyer and one of the major art dealer salon called now it's on Salon 94. You should see that building just open up and then the Korean museum. Okay but it's how to solve these problems every building has problems but may I ask
0: you is it your thorough knowledge that is your uh, weapon
1: or is it your imagination it's 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 really going to understand the comps and you know what um, the building's um, problem is and people come and ask for my advice even on things that they overpriced the building and I would say this is overpriced because, you know, it's no brainer in the market. There's a comps. You know, the the market. What can be sold? What cannot be sold? And whether it's property price or not, right? But again, like the schools, they like me. I have on the Marymount right now. I have to deliver, and it's been on the marketing. But they can't deliver for another three years before that was the problem. So they want to they want to sell three years in advance, get no, the money. But that's the problem. But right now they can deliver next year. So I told the trustee. I'm going to change the strategy and sell to single family. Because all these, you know, you, you, it's just how you position the house. I love townhouses because it's not boring. Every house has its own, you know, some of them has their original details. And it's, it's you know, you're t- selling something over seven 8,000 or 14,000 square foot but it doesn't matter it's just overall how i uh, look at listings and advise the sellers
0: do you think it's because you're so knowledgeable that enables you to look at it differently or is it that you back up look at it and think how else can we do this yes
1: uh, in different ways and also you know i look into my experience and i said every every listing is a new listing you you can't i i listen to people's advice you know, even though I'm on top, but I respect people's advice. And then um, I discover what is the best way to, to sell the property on behalf of sellers. Now buyers also come to me said, okay, now I want this, why don't you can, can find me something different. Um, every, every angle is in, in real estate, it's like a business. I'm not like hedge fund and private equity, it's just the same. If
0: you had been in a hedge fund and private equity, I assure you, you would be the top of the trade. Anything you went into with your aggressiveness, how about aggressiveness? Obviously, you would have to describe yourself as a very aggressive personality. Do you think that's your kingpin that drives you to be who you are? What, what's the major thing? Like, what's that secret thing that Carrie has that everybody wishes they had and can
1: only aspire to? Well, maybe in the first couple of years of my career, you can say I'm aggressive. Right now, I sit in my chair and people just call me. So I won't be, become aggressive <laughs> anymore because my name is there and, and people, you know, they find me. And also it's not, you know, uh, 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 rocket science. When you Google a person, and you'll be able, I got people that they Google, oh, there's a Chinese that um, I don't want to say the name. And she was using a very mediocre br- uh, broker and she, her father is a billionaire. So she start Googling and she found two, two top brokers to call. One is me and one is another broker, like Serena Bortman from Sotheby. So she said, these two brokers are the ones that I want to work with. And at the end of the day, last year, I sold her $27 million house. Mm-hmm. but. You know, we worked on a condo, duplex, all different angles. And and so the thing is, obviously, social media is everything now. Mm-hmm. People will find me on social media.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think of you as someone who aggressively markets yourself on social media Not anymore, no. Yeah. no. You did I at one point. To, yeah. You felt it was necessary to
1: build your career. I think in the community in New York, there's a group of very respectful Jewish, uh, you know, lot of Jewish developers Jewish investors the words of mouth they they go go around they you know obviously want to find the best person to work with
0: mm-hmm. how yeah. about how about when you go to pitch a really well priced very high price listing and you lose it to another broker how do you respond to that that must happen sometimes yeah obviously obviously but I I don't really um put this I'll move on to another deal wait you don't take a moment to think what you could have done differently to maybe close the deal you're not
1: upset that somebody outdid you um i don't think that happened to me that often maybe once in a brumo people trust me and they just let me keep on until i finish my job but you think if
0: people meet you you're going to get hired it's just a matter of getting down to talk to that person, they're gonna hire you. You don't have a frequent occurrence where somebody walks away with a bacon I huh? do
1: tell people if they're patient enough and they trust me, I would deliver. Yeah. But it could be one year, it could be more two years. You never know. I have listings two years on the market I cannot deliver. But there's minuses. Or the maintenance is too high or you know, it's not the right location, you know, a lot of are, are you, know, you
0: fearful? Um I just remember One of the biggest obstacles uh, running the Corcoran Group and working with all the very talented people there, uh, if there was one thing that put fear in an agent's heart is to get a listing, feel like it was either mispriced or just hard to sell. They were afraid of losing the listing and keeping that seller happy. That was the biggest threat to a broker's life. To everybody. Put the the work in, lose the listing and some other person walks in and sells it.
1: There's always a say Mm -hmm. in the top Mm echelons that if you lose the first exclusive, it's actually better because then when you, when the first exclusive agent cannot sell, the seller becomes more realistic. It's good that you get the second and third round, then you will be able to achieve because then the seller becomes more realistic. And that's usually what you like to get, the second and third round? No, I mean, that's what, if I lose this exclusive to someone else, I would say to my team, I said, don't worry. Let, let them have six months, and then they'll find us. <laughs> so you know you're going to get back later and sell it. Then we would tell, see, that's the number I told you is the number I would sell. Yeah, I, I have many occasions. I've, there are people actually trust me. I, there's uh, one occasion, a lady who's very, very uh, knowledgeable, who has a couture townhouse of Chelsea, and she interviewed me uh, six months ago, and I said, this is the number I would sell. 12 million and the other brokers sat much higher and then after six months and she said well you know what i think i like the way you talk i hire you in two year two i think two weeks we sold two showings just like that yeah to somebody very wealthy to that wants a foundation and wants a very special building and she said you know before she didn't you know the price was
0: wrong I don't know if people know that uh, in the real estate sales trade in New York, the very top brokers, the very top brokers that make themselves millionaires again and again every year, okay? Because you're a Mm -hmm. multi-millionaire. God forbid you don't need another dollar, but they just shovel in on you all the time. That's right. But- among that group, there's an echelon of high-priced salespeople, very capable yeah. salespeople, yeah. and it's like a club that you have yes. mutual respect and you deal with each other. What is that, a circle of about
1: five people in all of Manhattan? I would say probably about seven mm-hmm. or eight of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, And those are the ones that um, is the top echelon people. And how do you
0: deal with each other? What happens, you put your clients first, you know that you could trust them when they say this is gonna sell at well, this price? Whatever. for example,
1: you know what, right now, I'm dealing with two buyers, which is in the 40 some million, and we target two, three apartments. And then the buyer, I'm working on the buyer side, so I know the buyer price, and the seller side is also a powerful broker. So everybody say, well, let's wait till the seller become more realistic. So it's a it's a continuation of, of um, follow up and, and continuation of and monitoring, mm-hmm. you know, the buyer and the seller to close a mm-hmm. deal. I've just closed a $26 million penthouse. Mm-hmm. The buyer, very shrewd buyer, very, very powerful buyer. Okay, she he waited for a year and a half. He was on the price if he would not drop. But the seller wasn't ready, and seller also is a very wealthy people. And it's it's a state sell, and the young kids, they just don't believe that it will go lower. And after a year and a half, contract signed. So the thing is that you have to be on top until the seller is ready, until the buyer is ready to close the deal. So it's almost like... Uh arranging the right play date for your kid you've you've
0: got two nannies one on each side who says they're not going to get along they are going to get along let's wait till next week when they can get along so so you're strategizing from the get-go using the advantage of someone
1: like yourself who's the top of their field and then all these brokers get top listings and they realize yeah um you know what um
0: do they tell you first it's coming in hey we're going to get something next tuesday Bear this in mind. You might well the get listing, if
1: the listing is on the market, they will say, "Okay, there's other interest." You know, it's just continue, continue as how you get the the my buyer into the game or my seller into the game. So who was Carrie Chiang before I met you at that
0: NYU course, which I want to visit in a moment? But I I can't even picture you as a little kid, like a little Carrie running around. I can't even picture you getting born and having parents. Honest to God, and I know you did because I know about them, but who was Carrie before you walked into the real estate trade? And how old were you then? I don't think I was a housewife.
1: I didn't I told everybody I didn't have a diploma. The last semester in undergraduate I went off to get married. Just so, like that? Just like that. And, and that was in Taiwan or was it Hong Kong? No, it was Hong Kong. I moved to Brazil, remember? Oh, yes. And I got course. a divorce and I came here. And you came And here? ever since, Barbara never found another one like me. Never.
0: I never found a second you anywhere ever in the whole universe. There is no other carrier. Can I ask you, what was your memory of that night? I distinctly have I, a memory and I tell that I story. I was taking I your course. Right. Yeah.
1: And then I was, I was downstairs getting, estate, getting a right? drink, and you were there in the same, same, uh, Line. delicatessen and and, <laughs> I, and I said to you, I said, I'm interviewing, you know, to change my, my, uh, company. And remember that was before it was J.I. Sofer, was yeah. a lousy rental company. I went out of business. You were so with <laughs> them. And I went with to them. go the, the Salomon, Sotheby, and the Corquin. And, uh, and then you called me up, you said, um, okay, when are you coming? I said, Barbara, I can't come because I have three three apartments I need to close before uh, before I change. And if there's three apartments I closed after I left, I won't get the money because they took off a big chunk of the commission. And she said, What's, how much was that? I remember it was 30 some thousand. And Barbara, well, this was the best payoff she did. She said, okay, I'll give you the difference and you jump. So I did. Yeah, you jumped. I remember the day you walked in with a couple of your cousins. I remember
0: young men working for free for you, or work, then working for free no, for me. I remember you walked in with an entourage. I was like... I don't think so. I was walking by myself. Really? Okay, no. well, I trimmed up that story. No. I always say she brought her two or three cousins with no, her, and no, they work no. for free. Okay, I'm going to have to drop that part of the story. Yeah. When I was teaching at NYU, I was there to get over a failure of losing my my voice in a speech. That's why I was teaching to learn how to public speak because I was af- afraid of it. When I saw you in that class, I just distinctly remember it's a feeling I had. You stared at me as I talked and didn't blink and you intimidated the shit out of me. I was so scared. And when we went for that snack, I think I declared a break because I was too... I was too nervous to continue another no. minute. Yes, it was. You no, know, I was nobody at that time. You were nobody, but you were somebody. I felt I was the vibe. At the time. I felt the vibe and felt scared. <laughs> um, when when um, I met you that moment, I said eyes on you, and I said I've got to get that lady working for me. I never thought I had a shot but I gave my best teaching when I prepared for every class I had you in mind I wasn't preparing for the class but you
1: was persisting enough you call me you said no when are you coming so that was something that you know <laughs> <laughs> so I closed the deal and thank god I did
0: and you're right about that all the years I ran that business I could not find an agent who could even approach you never be like be like you and everybody in the I was the envy of every industry. And to your great credit, I have to tell you, if you hadn't come in those early years when we were opening two, three offices, I wouldn't have had the money to do it. I just (laughs) knew I had a steady stream of deals, big deals coming here all the time.
1: Time timing. The Coch- Cochrane Group wasn't doing well at the time. Remember? We were just a tiny firm. We were yeah. struggling
0: just the yeah. same business. But when you walked in, things changed. All no. of a sudden I had a rich dad in my wallet. No. That's how it felt. That how that's how it felt. I could commit to things and think I could actually pay for them because of one person which was When you, you. sold
1: the company, what did I tell you?
0: I forget. Uh, you you told me I made a mistake, I think. You always tell me I make a I mistake. I told you I
1: made more money by staying as a broker than you sell the company.
0: Yes, you did. And you were right. <laughs> what did you think of all the gold stuff I threw at you all all those years? The gold lame chair I got made because you were the best agent. The ribbons that were gold, the horse ribbons. Remember the big I, horse?
1: I don't even know where each of them are. If I lined up, I, it's, it's somewhere... Maybe I put this in, in the office, maybe in the home. I don't even know where are they. I don't care because it's just you do one deal and then you move to the another one. You do one deal, you go to another one. It's just like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's but, like a trading. But I, I distinctly remember those. It's a trading. What? But one thing, though, no risk. No what? No risk. You don't put your money to Oh, are talking about my, my,
0: of course, I'm investing in all these businesses. Of course my money's at risk. Yeah, so yeah. my business has no risk. It's oh, well, of course, I should have realized that's what you're saying. Yeah. Right? There's no risk. So you're saying you're making so much more money than me, and you have no risk. I'm at risk of making so much less money than you.
1: I don't know how much less money you're making.
0: <laughs> how did you raise those kids? Amazing to me. Have a whole family the whole time you're working those endless hours and well, making so much house. money. They've grown up now, but they weren't when I met you. They were younger yeah. children. Well, they
1: all got their degrees, and they're I all, guess...
0: They were all set, but how did you do it then? Did you expect them to be a chip off the old block? I mean, a powerful person usually... My yeah. grandkids are very smart. Oh, straight a.
1: Yeah. Horace, Mann Trinity, the best of
0: the best. Okay, were you hoping, or are you hoping, that they come into your field? I
1: don't know, but... How old's the oldest grandchild? Oh, that's the oldest. I, I only have like 10, 11, but... The oldest one Only is, 10 or 11. Yeah, but the oldest one is 16, uh, 15, 16. That's what groom her. She's
0: smart and aggressive. He, he, he's smart oldest and aggressive. Man,
1: varsity in baseball.
0: Oh, really? Well, baseball helps you in real varsity. estate, I guess,
1: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Because the thing is, the real estate, if you are successful, there's a group of young upcoming, like oh, Sirhan, okay. Eklund, you know, these, like Adam Martin, these are the young oh, okay. people that's coming up. And they're very successful. The TV, you know. But do you have? That? But the problem is they have 30 to 60 people working under them. With the overhead. I only have four people working for me. Yes. I mean, it's just like, it's a, it's an industry to industry. It's a mess. You want to handle 40, 50, 60 people? I wouldn't want the overhead associated with it. It's not the overhead. I mean, obviously, everybody get a cut, but the, the confusion of the group. Mm-hmm. right? It's just a that person's name doesn't mean that when you have a listing you're assigned to somebody who's who's mm-hmm. as good as he is or yeah the
0: lead is good and you don't necessarily yeah, get the lead well, it's, it's, but with you if somebody is calling into you you have four support people working for you that help you service your business but they always get you you don't give the deals to the people that work for you no so it's always even like my, my lead,
1: daughter you know? two daughter you know, in the business they mm-hmm. i want them to struggle to get their own business i don't give it to them mm-hmm. because that's the way to learn yes if i give to them they're not learning so if you're a young person in the business today walking straight in
0: what do you think is the most important i always thought to get someone to feed you leads there are is so essential. many
1: brokers in the mm-hmm. industry you kind of lost because. Like yesterday, they announced all these, you know, prize people. I don't know you mean any. You the them. winners, yeah. I only know maybe six people, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, there is a community of top top people that can choose here uh-huh. in New York.
0: Yes. Yeah. But how about the people in your department when you're deciding? I want this person, that person, working for me. What is it that you're? How are you sizing them up? What are you looking for? I just. They, they just, uh, they're just executors. Executors? Well, there's executors and there's executors. How do you size up someone that they're going to be a phenomenal assistant to you? That don't drop balls,
1: that think ahead of the oh, curve. believe me, I have some really bad experience in, in assistants. I know, you're always
0: coming back to me and asking, yeah. can you get me an assistant, can you get me an yeah, assistant? But, yeah,
1: but, you know, like right now I'm okay. Yeah. you know, if you're working from 9 to 6, in, in the office, you are bound to have some arguments and things like that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, but it's okay. I can always survive. Uh-huh. One yeah. of my assistants left like three years or four years ago. I would say, okay, now this is really, not, how can you leave me? And he he went out doing nothing, making nothing. He thinks he can do everything. He uh-huh. has no name. And I made more money than after, before uh, 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 after he left. Mm -hmm. I did more deals after he left. Because I took over. Because I am doing myself. Mm -hmm. And I love to do deals. Mm -hmm. It's it's how to strive the business. I go into the office, I'm happy because I know people like me. The people I'm working with me, you know, come to ask me to, to find something or give me the listing. It's because they trust me and I deliver. Do you, do you attend your own closings, and is that the exciting no. part, or it's just the close when you know the deal's done? No. When when there's a contract on the table, I make sure the contract's signed, and the rest is my staff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The team will have to do the rest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember when uh, we worked together, you were
0: very hard to work for. I remember the yeah, agents looked easy. like they were like going to die any yes. minute. Uh, and you drove it hard. You oh, yeah. drove it hard. Oh yeah. I, how do you I keep really, people really very hard
1: on them. you're very hard on people. Like the, how do the, you keep the one good that's that's working like that? with me right now? Yeah. He came in. He mm-hmm. has eight years experience. Mm-hmm. And and Helen Monty, the manager, sent him. And a lot of people said you're going to work for Kerry. Mm-hmm. Probably you last six months. Mm-hmm. And he last now it's probably four years. Mm-hmm. And now he he's very he's knowledgeable and he knows exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And. It he It's working out very well. Mm-hmm. And the first six months, he's, he had to suffer. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I remember the the scariest thing you could say at the Corcoran Group back then is you go in an interview with Carrie. Yeah. It
1: yeah. was
0: like sending someone to their death. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's no right. matter what you could warn them about, it wasn't right. the same as going into yeah. your department working but, for you. But when
1: you are good, I respect that.
0: Yeah, takes a long while
1: yeah. to gain your respect, though. Yeah. As I remember, I don't take stupid questions. It's like questions. going into the Marines. Yeah. If if an, a new assistant come and they ask me question, I said, "Don't ask me. Ask my 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 guy who's already been with me, knowing how to give you the answer." Because I don't answer You're unless right. you learn. But the mm-hmm. smart people. They know everything I'm doing because and how to follow what I want to do. And they exactly. so I respect that. Then it's easier to work with. You can ask my sec, the, my second lieutenant now, mm-hmm. he knows it's it's easy because he knows. Every morning I go over what needs to be done every day, he, he takes down, he follows, and, and also he's knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, knowledge doesn't come overnight. But this guy is already like 10 years in the business. Yeah, so you got a great hire. And
0: he can make enough money working with you that he feels he wants to stay. Because he sounds like he'd be capable of Well, if you anything. go, you're nobody. Well, I'm sure he's somebody. No, you, you don't get listings. Like, no, people you know, get listings all the time without having a phenomenal Well, usually reputation. they come in
1: because they were in a business by themselves. They couldn't make
0: it. You, so you think if someone they in real estate it. in New York City comes in by themselves, mm-hmm. you can't make it today? Unless you're somebody, not that easy.
1: Yeah, not that easy. But how, I mean, how do you, how do you to, explain to, away the success to make, to, of all these young to be people? be mediocre, yeah, like make a, a a good, it's okay. What's the
0: mediocre in your book? It might be like seven hundred thousand a year for all yeah, I know. Two hundred,
1: three hundred.
0: So make a living.
1: Four, yeah, pay your bills. Four hundred something. Yeah, like that's I mediocre know. in our field. Yeah. Two to four hundred. If you make it's not can, not consistent. Maybe one year you make it, the next year you don't do it. So there's no consistency. So
0: then what is good advice for someone coming in the field if they are, as you put it, a nobody? How do they get started? What's the road in?
1: I gave you an example. Okay. They hire some major investment bankers or lawyers, right? Okay. In corporate, usually yeah. if you have the profile, they you know, let you in. These people think they're everybody. They're so smart. Mm-hmm. And said, Okay, I said, okay, I'll give you the salary. So what every deal I want to cut? I said then you should not be in my company because my department is fixed. You don't get anything because the deal is too big. And you I don't know how to give it to you. you I can give you a formula. And,
0: okay. This is a job I want to sign up for.
1: Oh,
0: gosh. I think I just saw one of you people walking by, by
1: outside. They were bleeding and they looked like they needed a new coat. But but they have a, a short... Sure Career, a, a job, you know, yes. it's a, a job is guaranteed. And then this, you know what this guy, this guy, this, he said, I want to build my own com- you know, business. And he's an investment banker. He thinks he's everything. And then he disappeared. He couldn't get any business. He's gone. He's gone. There's a lot. Of, and, and by the way, you remember uh, Paula Bush? Of course, yeah. She was a Henry, manager of the West yeah, Side, he of the Henry, the East Henry, side. Yeah. Um, Georgetown Cunardi, Wharton graduate. Okay. Worked for me for five, six years. He's great. Numbers, he's great, everything. Mm-hmm. Corcoran didn't keep him, and he didn't work with me anymore because he said he wanted to try on his own. Can't blame that. Now he went out now and tried to go build something in North Carolina, find some investment, but, you know, buddies to put some money to do some development on himself. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do be a broker. You're not born to be a broker. You would never be a broker. Let me ask you about that. I, I mean, all these are top people, right? Georgetown, Columbia, Wharton graduate. Yeah. Now he's nothing. Okay, I'm sure you
0: can find a lot of examples. But making what, eighty
1: thousand with me, so.
0: They were making eighty thousand.
1: That's it.
0: Yeah, that's all.
1: Hundred. Well,
0: that could be probably because you didn't bonus them, and give them a slice of the commission they cut. Or didn't close deals. Uh, I couldn't so, give them the deals. So they just had to be a nine-to-five worker, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Uh, back to your point that you think you have to be born to be a broker. I'm assuming a great broker. What Do you really believe that? You don't think you Oh, there's learn? a whole
1: bunch of... You know, there's so many like Hampton has, Florida has, any of these brokers that I know, they really knows how to be a broker. Yeah, but how, you think they have to be born, the
0: personalities
1: yeah. there, to be a broker?
0: Think, that, that no, I'm really curious. I'm asked, I'm asked that all the time. Is it a natural acumen, a personality trait, or a mixture of personality traits? Or can you, just by enough exposure and enough diligence, become a phenomenal broker? I have my own opinion. I'm just very curious about your own on that one.
1: I think um, it's a mix. The most important thing is connection. Yeah, but you didn't walk
0: into New York with
1: connections. No, I did not. So, so you're the perfect example of I that had to not build being my own true. Connection.
0: Yeah. So, so what about that? Has the world really changed, or can people build their own connections one by one, as you did as a housewife with no background in real estate?
1: Ah, uh, that's a very difficult question to ask. Yeah, there are top brokers that. I don't know whether they have. Some people that has born with you know, connections. There are a few brokers I know. Some of them are
0: not. I don't know. Do you remember in the early days of Corcoran Group, I hired a lot of society ladies with the best connections in the world, blue bloods, Mm -hmm. thinking that they would have a leg up in bringing business into my firm because I didn't have those connections. And they were terrific ladies, but they never brought in business because they didn't command the respect of someone wanting to put their money in their
1: hand. I think that's born to it, maybe. I don't know. It's just how... um, I remember many years ago. I have one of the top banker wants to hire me, to be banking. Okay, so I told this guy, and he's the not, not, n- like number three in one of the banks. I don't want to say the name. He interviews like hundred people, you know, every day to to see a investment banker. And I said, first of all, I don't have an M- MBA de- degree, right? I don't know the numbers that well. Oh, who are you kidding? And so he said, you know what he said? The number crunching, I have analysts to give you the numbers. What I'm looking for is for somebody who can close deals. And close deal is everything. And he said, you don't have to be MBA, but if you can close deals, is what I want to hide, to hide. You know, I really
0: believe that closing deals has as much in reading people well and motivating people as it does much more than to numbers. Clearly, just for the record, I've never
1: seen anybody better with numbers than you. I think you would put any Goldman Sachs guy out I, of shame. I would ask my staff, like, you know, I have an NYU to make a spreadsheet, excels, and I look at the number, I come up, come up with a conclusion. I've also seen but... you do
0: those numbers in your head on a spot. I've no, I don't think times. so. Yes, I have. <laughs> Remember the meeting we had with Larry Silverstein, who owned the World Trade Center? Yeah. And he was developing all of the West 40s, had a conglomerate of seven or eight buildings. And he brought me in to get my opinion on price strategy. And I got in there. It was like going to a foreign country. I didn't know about construction <laughs> or price <laughs> yes, strategy. I I so know. I said, well, let's see what Carrie has to say. And you stood on your feet. And for an hour straight, rattled really? off numbers and calculations that I Did didn't know what you're talking about. But they knew what you were talking about. Really? They never again came back to me for my opinion. They went to you, which is what Did I want. Did that wanted. happen? Oh, of course it happened. They were blown away. They were intimidated by your acumen with numbers. Oh, You're going to have to just take me on that. But let me ask you something. What about that personality to close a deal? Because I do believe that's the key to a phenomenal broker or a phenomenal salesman in anything is to well, close the deal. Any, What's involved in that? What's, well, what do you there, think? In
1: any deal, there's an in and out problems. And it's how you're going to see the problem and to solve the problem. What are some of the other problems? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of problems. I'm doing a deal right now that, that it looks like a straight deal. It, you know, there's a lot of private equity took out some um, really some of the, these uh, hedge fund. they they go belly up, they need to liquidate their real estate. And we, we all of a sudden, there's a lien coming up, you know, from RRS, our our S. some like thing comes up. Like a gun in the head. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, all these things is how you follow up with the lawyer, try to solve the problem, all these things happens to Every deals, every deal has the problem and you, you just have to get, get the solution.
0: Okay, what about the problem of Donald Trump? He had problems coming up the rank. You were his best friend in the real estate trade. You sold more of his property than any broker ever could on record. Can I re- you
1: believe that West Side Highway, how much, how much is the total now? It was 100 million, now it's, it's 8 billion. Yep, crazy for that, I don't get it. But anyway, no. yes it would be, but he was near bankruptcy and had to make a deal. It was a different time. But he couldn't, he, he doesn't have the sustaining power. That was a problem. If no. he had the sustaining power, he would have still the General motor building, yes. the plaza. And, and the, the West,
0: Side West Side Highway. He could have bet on that, and it didn't pay off at that point in time. No. But you know what? He made it through with the help of Carrie Chiang. Honestly, I remember the no, birthday party he gave you, where he lit your candles personally <laughs> and carried a cake to you and sang happy. We Mother didn't Mother. take enough photos with him at the time. We didn't know he was going to be president. No. Did you ever think he'd be president? What did you think? Uh, did you talk to him
1: after he became president? I I don't know. think he'd take my call. <laughs> <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you talk to him after he became no. president? You no. think he'd take your call? <laughs> you remember I. I was the first one he invited me to Malago with my family, when he bought the Malago and showed me Very personally nice. around to yes, thank me do what I did for it. him. Yes, he did, and he meant it. And, and at the time, he was still with Marla. Now, why don't you give him a call? I'm dying to know if he'll take your call. <laughs> 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 no, really, do you have his cell number? <laughs> I don't know whether that's still the cell number or not. <laughs> uh, my but, my but, but the thing, you know, I still have Michael Cohen's cell phone. Yes. Uh, the, uh, what's the other lawyer? Alan Wasserberg's cell phone? Of course you do. They're all gone. Yeah, they're all gone. Yeah. But you're they're
0: not gone. gone. Huh? You're not gone. What do you think made him the president? Yeah. Uh, not politics, but just you know his personality. You got him out of bed, people pulled him out of bed one at, morning to get him on like a flight. the way he talks, right? People like the way he talks. He's a good salesman, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Would you say? That's what I think it is. I have two more short questions that I have to ask. When you were starting out in the field, did you consciously make it your goal to become the number one salesperson, or did no. that never? wasn't even never in your dream mind. Off. You never did. So it was just.
1: When I did it, I was thinking that I would make enough money to get my
0: kids to school.
1: Finish that's school. all
0: you were worried about. Yeah. But why didn't you rely on your husband for that? You've certainly married. He's a lovely father. No. No. It's all me. It's all you, yeah. Because you were the breadwinner. Oh, so yeah. that's what was driving you getting your kids through private school here in the city.
1: Yeah, I just made. If I can pay their school, it's fine.
0: When you invited me uh, three or four years ago, please, please come out to the Hamptons and stay with me and bring all your sisters and brothers, because I have ten bathrooms. Eleven. Yeah. You have eleven bathrooms, oh. and I. And you said, and you only had one bathroom with 10 kids growing up. So Where? come out, and everybody will have their own bathroom. Were you sincerely inviting me? I took it, took your word at face you value. Didn't, you
1: didn't bring all, everybody.
0: No, well, I have to fly them in all over the country. You don't have a jet, do you? I could have asked, will you fly no. them? <laughs> but you were sincere? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I took you on face value. Okay. I took you on face value. All right. So, Carrie, you'll never retire. I'm going to assume you're going to, we're going to find you drop dead
1: in an apartment one day
0: with a smile on your face. Is
1: that is that the way you see your ending? Well, I would keep on looking at Martha Stewart. Yes. Look at how active she is.
0: Yes, absolutely. Reinventing she's eight, herself.
1: And she's pretty. Yep. And she's, what, 81 years old?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's just like. inspiring, I would say. Yeah, I I, she's
1: one of my inspiring. I look at, keep on looking. Wow, she looks so good. You know, it's like she doesn't look like eighty-one, and she's kicking like you know. She's all over business.
0: Well, for the people who can't see you, who are listening, I'm telling you, I'm looking at Carrie right now. Uh, I definitely should use a surgeon next time around. <laughs> <laughs> but she really looks like she's at a youthful fifty. Amazing. But you, you've never really aged. I, I always felt
1: like you looked the same to me every time I saw you. Really. After my husband died, everybody said I look even younger. I said, oh, good, then I don't have the pressure to take care of my husband. You'll be the same one day.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for the word of advice. Enough, enough. Okay, we're going to go for lunch. we got to end this thing. <laughs> and that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual Hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.